0: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, you've reached the RhinoCast.
1: Hey guys, it's me. Where are you?
0: We're here to start the podcast. Well, I'm home waiting
1: for you. It's poker night.
0: Wait a minute. You mean you're really not actually late and we messed up?
1: I sure do. Remember, we moved the recording date because of your book club meeting.
0: Ah, yes. This month we're reading The Complete Adventures of Curious George.
1: That is a dynamite read. Well, come on over. We've got combos, fiddle-faddle, and royal crown cola. It's a party, I tell you.
0: We'll be there in five minutes. Traffic lights be
1: damned. Ladies and gentlemen, record geeks, retired plate spinners, and millennials who want to impress their parents with their record collections. Welcome to the RhinoCast Podcast, brought to you by Rhino Records. Get ready for new releases, deep tracks, and conversations with your favorite artists and bands. And balloons for the kiddies. And now, your hosts with the most, Rich Mahan and Dennis the Menace.
0: Coming up on this RhinoCast, our special guest Rick Okasik of The Cars talks about Candio and Panorama, both newly remastered by Rhino. Let's go! Let's go! Dennis, the Rhino Cast has hardly started. What are you in such a hurry to get to? Rich, did I tell you I spent seven years in Boston in the late 70s and 80s? I believe you did. So, who do you think one of my favorite bands of all time is? Hint, it's about transportation. <laughs> Always master of the obvious, Dennis, the cars. You're in the fast lane, Rich. Uh, Today on the RhinoCast, we celebrate the remastered versions of the car's iconic second and third albums, Candio and Panorama. One came out right after the other, but could they be any different? No, they couldn't. But these expanded editions take them to a whole new level. Candio goes beyond the 11 tracks with eight bonus ones. And Panorama adds to the original 10 songs with unreleased mixes, four bonus tracks, and deep liner notes. Two albums and two conversations. Reissue producer John Hughes talking to Rick O'Cassock, and yours truly digging even deeper with John into these two records. Well, it sounds like it's all we can do to get right to it. Yes. Let's go to John Hughes who's talking to Rick O'Cassock about the remastered Candio and Panorama here on the Rhinocast.
2: Was there resistance to the release of Candio from Electra? Because the other album was still doing so well on the charts.
1: Yeah, they kind of wanted to hold it back, and we kind of wanted to get it out so we could add songs to our touring thing so we wouldn't have to play the same songs all the time. But I don't remember any big, you know. That was probably between the Elliot Roberts and, you know, the managers and the record company more than us. How'd you decide who was going to sing a song, like Let's Go, for instance? Oh, that was easy just, you know, for Ben and I, who, who played music together since 1967, we always had no problem. It wasn't a contest, so... I thought that that was a good one for him. I mean, that's what it comes down to, is basically, as soon as a song was finished, I would just think, oh, Ben should sing that, or maybe I should sing this one. Or if Ben wanted to sing one, and he just said, can I sing
2: that, I'll just say, yeah. So it was pretty easy. Panorama was such a departure from the first two records. Was there a particular inspiration other than just wanting to do something different?
1: I was always a little worried about being too much of a pop
2: thing, because all the music I liked
1: was not really pop but then I just write pop. It took me a while to go, oh, you know, you're a pop songwriter, so that's what you should not worry about. And I think for Panorama was a little bit of a, oh, well, I'll throw, you know, make this not as pop. You know, I'll try to like do more things that I might consider artful. So I, I remember just thinking that when I was writing the album and that's the way it came out.
2: You chose Jerry Casale from Devo to direct the video for Touch and Go. How did that come about? Well, we love Devo. Also, we're lucky enough to have
1: our manager, Elliot Roberts, had somebody who worked for him that did Devo. Devo was actually managed by Lookout as well. So I met Jerry sometimes, you know. We did them in Boston. They had a good visual thing, and I liked the fact that an artist was doing it. You know, another artist, even though he probably never directed a video, but it was kind of neat. That's how that came about, It's just
2: being friends. In the liner notes for Panorama, uh, Greg calls Misfit Kids a great Lost car single. Do you agree with that assessment?
1: I always liked that song. I remember our, it was our lighting designer's favorite song. I say that because he was a, actually a performance artist from San Francisco. He used to wear like garbage bags at night, you know, when he did the show. He, sometimes he would staple raw steaks to his clothes and stuff and do the shows that way. But he was a great lighting designer. That was his favorite song. So I always remember him saying that's my favorite song. I dream frequently Sometimes they come out funny
2: while you were on a high after the first two records, and then initially, you know, it's not as widely accepted as a critical success, but not so much from the fans. Was that a shock to you?
1: No, you know, there's not enough time to pay attention to whether like the record was a hit or not a hit. And for me, I didn't want to be thinking about that anyway. I was kind of obviously pretty surprised that we had any kind of hit, but that would have been playing that game of like, you know, oh, how am I going to live up to that last record and what am I going to do? I never wanted to be in that position mentally, so I wouldn't let myself go there. Whatever I did was going to be it. If if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I I kind of expected that reaction because I was trying to do something different, and I knew that people don't like that. Ben's bass sound really came through on the remasters, along with other intricate things you put into the music, didn't it? I thought it was surprisingly much better sounding. I could understand that because the technology of recording and, and the kind of equipment that's used and the way people like approach bass these days and different frequency responses is so different than it was in the 80s where everything was analog, nice and warm and it didn't have the finite things that some of the new technology has. So I was practically shocked by how much more clarity and bass on all these albums. I was like, I can't believe how good Ben's playing the bass It's like you can hear every bass thing, you know, and that was like, to me, like a whole new song. I mean, a whole new
2: like force. Remastering was a really good idea. Touch and Go is the only top 40 single I can think of that has that really weird time signature. Do you think you made rock history with that?
1: Yeah, I didn't think that was going to be a single. but I was happy it was. David wasn't (laughs) because he has to do the change, (laughs) but he did it every time perfect. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
0: a great conversation with Rick Okasik about the remastered and expanded versions of Candio and Panorama. I am no longer in the dark. Rich, but wait, there's more. Dennis, isn't that what they call a segue in the business? There's more because I heard you wouldn't leave Rhino HQ and Burbank without making sure you got the scoop from John Hughes who produced these reissues in tandem with the band. Rich, you know by now when it comes to the Rhino Cast, we'll stop at nothing. You might say we're the dangerous types. Yes, we are. Shall we go to that conversation now? I'm there. Literally. We'd like to welcome John Hughes to the RhinoCast as our special guest for this Cars Double Feature podcast. John, would you officially introduce yourself?
2: Hey, Dennis. I am the VP of Fan Engagement and Digital Strategy at Rhino, which is just a fancy way of saying it's my job to try to get our classic catalog in front of as many new people as possible.
0: If there were two more disparate releases by a band, I'm not sure we could come up with anything better than the Cars Candio and Panorama.
2: Yeah, I am the compilation producer on these releases, and working with Rick and the rest of the band who were very involved in every aspect of this, that was a theme that kept coming up, because you had Candio, which was basically, and they'll be the first ones to admit this, the the debut album Part 2. The running joke about the Cars debut album is that they should have just called it the Cars Greatest Hits. Candio is definitely a continuation of that. Really catchy songs just wrapped up in this Roy Thomas Baker-produced sheen that just is chrome and shiny and just comes right out of the radio and grabs you immediately and then they follow it up with this really dark album that was uh, inspired by the band Suicide that Rick was working with very closely at the time Uh, and it's just such a a 180 and kind of uh, kind of just twists everything around that you thought you knew about the cars. The cool thing about Candio, the expanded edition, is it's got the monitor mixes and some different versions of stuff that was on the album, and probably for me, the highlight is the version of Night Spots that is just, it's really aggressive, it's it's much, I wouldn't say it's much different than the album version, but you can definitely hear a difference in the energy level, it's almost like a live take, I would imagine. And it's just really cool.
1: Could be you're crossing the fine line.
2: as far as the rest of the record goes, there are some really underrated gems. I mean, everybody knows about Let's Go, and It's All I Can Do, and Double Life, but I think they're just great songs like You Can't Hold On Too Long. that has got this really slinky, sexy groove, and a really cool Ben Orr vocal, and I think Candio is just something that's really ripe for rediscovery. You can't hold on too
0: long. It's all right. You can't hold on
1: too
2: So in talking with Rick about this record, he agrees it's an angry record was the word he used. I don't think he thinks it's a dark record, but he says it's definitely more aggressive and angry. And you kind of listen to the lyrics and you're like, oh, wow, he's taken his poetry to this level where it's a spurned lover or someone who's not getting what he expected out of a relationship. But then you have just really aggressive, cool rock songs that are on here, like Up and Down, which I don't know why that wasn't a single. If Up and Down had been a single, it may have changed the fate of this record. traditional thinking is this record was a comparative failure, but people forget it got to number three. It was their highest charting album at the time. It has gone platinum. So it's not like people completely ignored this record. And it it did have a top 40 hit. Touch and Go got to number 37. That counts.
0: Rick called it, one of the quotes that he gave Rolling Stone, he called it the result of emotional whiplash.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. And you kind of listen to it. It's a great record for driving, which, you know, all car songs basically are. I mean, it's, it's in their DNA. But I would not recommend putting it on in your car at night in the dark when no one else is on the freeway. Because I'm not saying this has happened to anyone we know, but you may end up going 90 on the 405.
0: But one of the other things that is on Panorama on the expanded edition You know, the four bonus tracks and also B-sides, right?
2: Yeah. I think, again, personal opinion, your mileage may vary, another bad cars pun, which I swore I would not do on this podcast. But Shooting For You is a really great song, and it was done for the record. It didn't make the record, but the irony is it's probably the one that has the most Devo-esque influences on the drums and also the most suicide Sounding song in terms of the band Suicide, and the irony is, it ended up being recorded for Alan Vega's for solo record, for Alan Vega from Suicide. So obviously, someone else had that idea.
0: bit about the covers and the new art on the packages.
2: David Robinson art-directed these with the team here and did a fantastic job, found some previously undiscovered photos from the time and just did a really good job on the packaging. He's always been the driver behind the car's look, and feel in these releases and also I think if you're really going to go for this go for the vinyl editions because they're just so beautiful when you see them in their original 12 by 12 sleeves and there's the gatefolds now with tons of pictures and it's just a beautiful looking package both of them are.
0: Rick did oversee the remastering there's so many things that suddenly come out that might have been in the background
2: yeah the records were remastered by Ted Jensen at Sterling Sound but Rick was there in the studio supervising the entire thing and improving the entire thing. And beyond that, the rest of the band approved all of the remastered editions as well. So involvement from all four surviving members every step of the way for these releases. And let's talk a little bit about the liner notes. The concept behind the liner notes is that A different band member will talk about each release as it comes along in this schedule. So the Candio liner notes were written by David Wilde, where he had a really good conversation with Elliot Easton about Candio and the recording and where the band was at this time. And for Panorama, David Wilde talked extensively with Greg Hawks, who, you know, it just makes sense because it's such a keyboard, synthesizer-driven record. So the liners are really cool, and without giving too much away, you know, there are two more members of the band to talk to, so I would assume two more reissues are coming in the new year. These kind of reissues that go deeper also allow the new
0: audience to discover the cars in a much deeper way than even we did back in the
2: day. Yeah, especially with streaming as a play here, because you have these new releases that have done actually really well. I mean, we, we knew they were going to do well. We weren't Prepared for how well they've been doing, which is great. They've actually driven streams of the cars catalog on Spotify since this reissue campaign began, almost doubled. So, that is the really good news here is that obviously a very young audience on Spotify are rediscovering the band. They traditionally just go for a drive and listen to drive while they're delving deep into the catalog because we're seeing other key songs from this catalog getting millions and millions of streams where it was a little dormant before so that's the good news Howdy, buckaroos! Circle the wagons and sound the alarm. It's time for the Rhino Roundup. Hey, this is John Hughes, and this is the Rhino Roundup, and I'm sitting here with Rhino's A&R guy, Jason Day, who worked on the Pet Shop Boys Further Listening series. Jason, tell us a little bit about what the Further Listening series is about. It's a catalog
1: trawl of the Pet Shop Boys releases today on the Parlophone label. started in 2001 when they released the first six albums. It's a remaster of the album proper and then an additional disc of B-sides, rarities,
2: remixes, and some demos and unreleased material. And there was a little break there between those first six records and then when the series started up again, right? Yeah, a break of 15 years, I think. (laughs) See, that's a break. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we restarted the series a couple of months ago with the release of Release, Fundamental, and Nightlife. And we're carrying on now with
2: Yes and Elysium. Once we've come to the end of that, we hope to re-release the previous six albums Mm. That's great. So they'll all be in print. And right now you can get everything all the way up to Elysium. And that is this week's Rhino Roundup.
0: Thanks very much for tuning in to the RhinoCast. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We're almost done, Rich, but not quite. There's one more rather important thing we need to cover. That's right. If you liked what you heard today and you want to know more, please come on over to rhino.com and check it out. You can go to your favorite download site to buy it. If you want to listen first, go to your favorite streaming site. Or if neither of those is your speed, hit your local record retailer and pick up the wax. Doesn't matter if you're 33 and a third or 45, it all works. And last but certainly not least, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next RhinoCast. Executive producers for Rhino, John Hughes and Lauren Goldberg. Produced for Rhino by Pop Colt and Rich Mahan Promotions. All rights reserved.